So guess what? The ones that didn't sleep well just the three, four days before they got the vaccine, their immune response was suppressed. Shows how how important sleep is to make sure that you know as soon as an infection hits, you go gangbusters on it. Okay, yeah. welcome back to another thrilling episode of Cersei Health Pod. We are finally talking about the third portion of our children immunity special. <laughs> children immunity special. Um, as inspired by my recent trip to RSV-ridden America and also thinking about upcoming flu season here and dengue season and um, other respiratory virus season here as it's getting colder, quote unquote. <laughs> um, well, I mean, colder. not as cold. Yeah, it is. And in Mumbai, it's cooler than usual. But um, but that does not mean Mumbaikers are completely free of respiratory viruses. Yes, yes, correct, correct. So that's why, yes, that's why we're talking about that now. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to get you and your kids ready for what may be to come. Yeah. So this part uh, is talking about... Um, in the first two parts, we talked about foods and then supplements and vitamins that can help. And now we're going to talk about maybe a less recognized part of the immune health is lifestyle changes. Mm-hmm. So non-medicine, non-food related things that you can do for your children and probably for yourself too. Would you like to tell them who you are so that they understand? I guess. <laughs> you should. So uh, if you've forgotten or <laughs> tried to forget, I'm <laughs> Try to forget. Dr. Jenny Prabhu. I am a double board certified um, pediatrician and internist um, in both the U.S. and India. And you are? <laughs> I'm Ajay Prabhu. Uh, I'm a research pathologist. I study diseases, uh, root cause of diseases, if you will. Um, and I kind of supplement uh, and help um, our clients and patients get better by really making them understand what what is the cause of the disease and, and let uh, eminent people like yourself uh, help them get their way. You, you basically, or not basically, one of the things that you do is you condense all the research uh, that's out there into an easy to understand format. Yeah, I hope so. So we can help people. Yeah, I hope so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, before we get into, I mentioned this multiple times, before we get into um, lifestyle changes that can help the immune system, let's talk about prevention because prevention is the key to most medicine. If you can prevent disease from happening, you don't have to worry about building up your immune system as much, although that's Mm -hmm. still important. Um, So... I will get on my soapbox briefly. I promise just briefly, briefly I'm going to watch prevention. the time. I'm going to watch the time. <laughs> this will be a, a future um, episode. episode or yeah. seven yeah, of I know. Cersei Health Pod. But I do want to just put in my little soapbox about prevention. Um, I will start with general prevention, which is hand washing, uh, masking in certain situations. So when you know there is an outbreak of a certain virus or any virus, Masking is appropriate in that case. We actually, the two of us agree that we don't think universal masking is needed at this point point, in the pandemic, hopefully never again. But uh, if you know there's an outbreak in your school or if you or your child is actively sick to protect others, Mm -hmm. please mask, Mm -hmm. especially indoors. Um, So masking, hand washing, um, when you sneeze, sneeze in the corner of your elbow, not don't put it in your hands, because if you think about it, you sneeze into your hands and then 
where do your hands go? Who knows? You shake someone's hand or you pat someone in the back or you eat or whatever. If it goes in your elbow, you're, most people aren't greeting people with elbow hug. I don't know. But either way, it's also there's more surface area in your elbow to protect from those respiratory droplets going out. Um, so those are kind of the general um, prevention strategies. My uh, soapbox <laughs> prevention strategy, I will try to stop myself, right. is vaccination. So um, we stop, are in the minority. The <laughs> we, uh, Joy and I are in the minority of the more natural health practitioners in that we fully 100% support vaccination. Always and forever, I love you. So... <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to put it. Yes, that's how I say it. This, there's probably nothing that I'm more passionate about than vaccinating, especially being a pediatrician. So um, just a couple summer, su su summary points about vaccine. Please remember that immunizations, vaccinations are the end products of hours, years, decades of, of dedicated scientific research. These are not um, things that are brought up overnight. They are um, intimately, the scientists are intimately familiar with the mechanisms to produce vaccines and why they work and how they work and that they're safe. So that's number one. Um, it's important for you. It's important for your children. It's important for your family. It's important for society, as we've all seen during COVID and as we all saw or our um, family members saw in the influenza pandemic of 1918 before there was, before there were vaccines, right? Um, so, a couple of things relating to kids and vaccines. Oh, before you go there, you said uh, how it, how you know, with the with everybody getting vaccine. You want to talk about the fact that it's got something called herd immunity and how it works. Well, so you, yeah, basically. So, if you are unable to be vaccinated, or mm -hmm. if you choose not to be vaccinated, those that are vaccinated will protect the general population Which because does uh, not allow the. Does not allow that. Does not allow the infectious agent to get to the unvaccinated person because the other ones person. are um, vaccinated, so they just kind of like stop the virus in its track. Yeah, and, you and, think of it as a herd of yeah. antibodies yeah. surrounding you with yeah. love. And one more thing I want to mention is that uh, you know, as years go by, we lose perspective on what was happening pre-vaccination. I mean, pre-vaccination. Right. There were people dying of uh, simple things like measles. Or uh, diarrhea. Or, or diarrhea. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a, there is a vaccine for diarrhea and nobody talks about it. Um, you know, so many, I think hundreds of thousands, lacks and lacks of people are now being, uh, not, are not dying per year. I'm talking about per year worldwide, a few lakh people who used to die simply with diarrheal diseases. Right. And that particular specific, um, uh, virus. you know, virus has, has, you know, we have a vaccine against it mm -hmm. and these people are not dying. You know, Especially maybe children. 30, 30, 40, 50 years ago, uh, no, not 50, more than that, 60 years ago, um, people are dying of other diseases that we think of nothing of them, you know, mumps. Yeah, in fact, we've measles. forgotten that these yeah. diseases exist. Yeah. I'm like, have you heard of diphtheria? Yeah. Of course, we've heard of yeah. diphtheria, yeah. but you've probably not heard of yeah. diphtheria. And that's because it's until recently, was essentially gone. Yeah, Unfortunately, yeah. it's come back That's again. That's what the problem is. You now. mentioned measles. Measles has come back, come back again. Because people are not vaccinating. Right. And it's not the measles rash that we worry about. It's the, the um, complications Active, with yeah. measles, mm -hmm. meningitis, encephalitis, which is inflammation of the brain. Um, you can, anyway, yep. the list goes so, on. So, 
So yes, don't forget that there was a time before vaccines when people died and so many children died, infants, yeah. babies, uh, young children died of, and, and unfortunately now there are still kiddos that are being affected by vaccine preventable diseases. Yeah. And yeah. at this point, I would consider COVID a vaccine preventable disease. Yes. So please yeah. keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. I'll just okay. leave it at that. All right. So, so vaccinate, talk to your doctor. Talk to, that's one other thing, point I want to make. Talk to your doctor. If you have questions about vaccines, please talk to your doctor. We, we know the answers for the most part, and you won't get crazy information on Dr. Google or Dr. Yahoo or whoever. Yeah. Um, we've, we actually, you, I mean, we've actually worked on... We've at, both at least, physically worked we've on We've physically vaccine. been in labs yeah. where we're working on, on if vaccines. If you can't ask your doctor, ask us. Ask us. Um, and we will give you evidence-based mm-hmm. and safe yeah. answers to all your vaccination Independently confirmed. Uh, you, you can confirm it independently. Um, and I just want to throw a plug out to one of my favorite websites, www.healthychildren.org, which is a um, parent-centered um, part of the American Academy of Pediatrics. will answer all of your questions about vaccines, or most of them, probably. So. A lot of times what happens is people don't believe these things. So, I mean, uh, we're saying that, you know, we'll give you the science behind it and ask you to think about the fact that Decades and decades ago, when vaccines were not there, people are dying. And would you want that same lifestyle, life to come back? You, would you want your friends and families to have simple, preventable diseases? Yeah. Um, Coming from a doctor that has unfortunately had to treat severely ill kids and adults. And declared from, them. And declared them passed away from vaccine-preventable diseases. So It's, it's really sad. It's sad that that's still happening, but it is. So anyway, moving on to maybe happier things, mm-hmm. just vaccinate. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so um, sleep. Sleep, I think I mentioned way at the beginning, um, is a very underappreciated part of your life and your kid's life, especially your kid's life. I think even, well, no, it's equal in adults and kids, mm-hmm. but very important uh, to get the right amount of sleep. And we're talking about sleep in the context of your immune system today. So um, first, we'll talk about how much sleep do kids need. So um, toddlers up to age two years need actually 11 to 14 hours of sleep a day, and that includes naps. So if, you're, if your toddlers are taking naps, that can be included in their total time of sleep. Um, kids, uh, so pre-primary kids up to age five need 10 to 13 hours of sleep a day. Um, elementary kids up to age 12 need nine to 12 hours. And teenagers, despite them usually sleeping more, are about at the adult level, eight to 10 hours of sleep. Um, Sleep is important for so many parts of the body, but um, also for the immune system as well. So uh, many studies have shown that inadequate sleep has actually been linked to almost having like um, an immunodeficiency. It's that powerful. So if you don't have um, enough sleep, then you're essentially immunodeficient. Um, One study actually found that and this was in adults, but I would imagine could be extrapolated to kids as well. Um, they looked at people that slept fewer than five hours per night, and they actually found that they had a significantly higher chance of developing the common cold. Mm. Taking all other factors out, just the amount of sleep, and that's yeah. linked to that. 2020, in, in, at our good old NIH, when I was... I don't know. No, I was not there by then. 2020, I was not there. Beginning of 2020. The beginning of 2020, I left NIH. But uh, I don't know when and uh, this study was done. That's not important. 
But this is very interesting. They studied kids and they looked at the amount of sleep that they had had just prior to vaccination and looked at their immune response. Hmm. So guess what? The ones that didn't sleep well the, the three, four days before they got the vaccine, their immune response was suppressed, meaning yeah. m- meaning they did not produce enough antibodies. So yeah. you know, eventually they caught up, but initial uh, initial antibody production by these kids was less. So it shows how how important sleep is to make sure that you know as soon as an infection hits, you go gangbusters on it. Um, and the same study also showed a tremendous amount of uh, uh, importance play, uh, played by sleep on the gut uh, gut gut microbiome. Yeah, uh, I was going to mention that too. Yeah. Um, if you have a good diet yeah. full of fiber, they found that you had better sleep, and better sleep is better for the immune system. Mm-hmm. So Everything deeper, more restorative sleep, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, so for kids, how do you encourage good sleep? Um, one of the big things is to make sure the sleep environment is good. So um, a dark, quiet room. No TV, no screens, and at least the one hour prior to sleep um, because it allows the brain to kind of quiet down and reset itself and get ready to sleep. Um, Studies have shown that being read to or reading a book prior to sleep also uh, for kids also um, gives more restorative sleep. So another plug for reading more books. Um, Firm mattress, small pillow, not 7,000... stuffed animals or or blankets but just a couple um so they're not you know tossing and turning that sort of thing and an ambient temperature not too cold not too hot um and also for kids kids are creatures of habit so a consistent schedule um especially during the week during school time is really important for getting good sleep um it's pretty unusual that kids need help with getting to sleep because they're just their minds are able to get to rest better than an adult mind is but if you're traveling or there's some unexpected change in schedule. You can safely give very low doses of melatonin. Um, I would talk to your doctor before doing that. And also um, a natural sleep aid is chamomile. So chamomile tea or chamomile flavored items will help um, the body relax. Lavender as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I talked about most of this already, but just to reiterate the fact that good hygiene is a very important mm. part of keeping your immune system healthy. So um, I may not have, oh no, I did. Hand washing is probably number one of, with soap and water um, for the appropriate amount of time, saying uh, happy birthday twice, I think is what <laughs> I was told, or um, twinkle, twinkle, little star. Basically, it's for a full minute, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is that correct? Yeah. Don't quote me on the time, but I know singing happy birthday song twice is enough for proper hand washing with soap. Um, hand washing, you can never do it too much, in my opinion. So after, before every meal, after every meal, after the bathroom, um, you know, as much as you can. Hand washing is not as potent as, um, what's it called? The uh, antibiotic, uh, anti the... The hand gel, that's what I'm going for. We could probably have another podcast on over-sanitization. I was going to say, I know you were needing that. Yeah, so we -hmm. would prefer hand washing. Also, hand washing is more effective than gel for certain bacteria, uh, particularly something. Yeah, for general health too, but there's a bacteria called uh, Clostridium difficile, which is you can only get rid of by hand washing with soap and water, not with hand gel. 
that's a topic for another day. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, we talked about masking when appropriate. We talked about sneezing in the crook of your arm. Um, one thing related to kids that I didn't mention other than masking when they're sick is also to keep them home from school and daycare when they're sick. So uh, a general rule in pediatrics is once he or she has been fever-free without medicine for 24 hours. So if you're giving them paracetamol around the clock, that doesn't mean they don't have a fever. You have to see that the fever doesn't come back. Once they have not had a fever for 24 hours, they can be safely sent back to school or daycare or college or whatever. Um, that will stop the, the spread of the disease at the source, hopefully. Um, but that's probably the most important thing is keeping the sick child away from other sick children and, and breaking the chain. Um, so uh, how do you do this? Just set a good example, really, for your kids. Do everything. Obviously, adults need to do the same thing. Do everything for yourself. Um, a good example of why good hygiene is effective is just look at what happened uh, they're doing studies now, retrospective studies, looking back at other respiratory infections during COVID pandemic and lockdown. So when kids were not in school, when everyone was masked, mm. when everyone stayed home and isolated from everyone else, there was like no influenza and no, and RSV was gone down. Yeah. And, you know, all these yeah. other respiratory viruses just took a nosedive. Why because, is that? Why is exactly. That because of good hygiene and good mm. isolation practices. So um, in moderation, that should be done just going forward. Um, so yeah, I mean, the other thing you can do for your kids other than setting a good example is there's lots of good videos and books talking about good hygiene. Daniel Tiger comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's songs about hand washing. So, you know, in all this, I think we've done, we've spent a lot of time. I think we should do the, this part, the, the next part in the next episode because I think we've gone on to part part one I think is enough let's go to part two and talk about this and finish it up yep sounds Sounds good good. all right okay see you next time bye be healthy yeah